Welcome to the Airport Experience News Podcast. I'm Ramon Lowe, the publisher of AXN and the host of this pod. Judging by that music, you know that this is our monthly series, Ones to Watch. So, let's get to it. This is episode 90, and here I speak with Jeff Taylor, the Senior Properties Administrator for the Jacksonville Aviation Authority. Now, one of the great things about doing this series is for listeners to really get to know or get to know better uh, commercial management folks in this industry. And one of the other great things about this series is that when I get to personally chat with people I do know, I get to discover uh, new things about them that I didn't know previously. So Jeff is one of those people and he's a great person with a great story and someone who's definitely on the rise. Well, enough from me. Here is my conversation with Jeff Taylor. So I'm here with my good friend, Jeff Taylor, the Senior Properties Administrator for Jacksonville Aviation Authority. Jeff, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Hey, Ramon. Thanks for having me on the program. I appreciate it. I know you have a little extra time because both of us are not exactly watching or celebrating our respective football teams. Jeff is a (laughs) Jags fan. I am a Miami Dolphins fan. So I'm glad that we can come together and at least have something to talk about and not focus on the Dolphins and the Jags for a little bit. Yeah, it's been a difficult preseason for us. Uh, You know, my family moved here in in 94 and then uh, a year later, the Jaguars were announced in Jacksonville. So I've been a lifelong fan. So it's a little bump in the road, but uh, we've got a lot to look forward to as well. That's excellent. That's excellent. Well, for those who are listening, uh, Jeff and I and and a couple others in our little text chain are uh, football fans of various teams. And we always kind of kind of kid each other about our respective teams. So anyway, neither here nor there. Basically, Jeff, as you know, this is part of our monthly series, Ones to Watch. And for those of you who are listening who might not be aware, Ones to Watch is basically me sitting down with folks, I don't want to say little known, and I don't want to say coming up, but just folks that are uh, within members of various commercial management teams in the in North America, essentially, and would love to get to know, uh, you know, how you got started in this, in this business and, you know, obviously the various points uh, of your career along the way. So let's just get to the beginning. You know, what brought you into the airport industry? Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned, my family moved here in the early 90s and both of my parents actually worked for old legacy carriers uh, here at Jacksonville International. My father worked for US Air and my mother worked for Continental Airlines. And so uh, both at Jackson International and and back at those days, you know, pre 9-11, I, my sister and I would spend a lot of time at the airport and airline operation spaces. So for me, the airport environment itself is is just very nostalgic and it feels like home. Um, and what's really cool is in my capacity uh, with, with lease administration is um, a lot of what I do is, is releasing back those similar spaces that I grew up in. You know, these airport terminals, um, you know, Jacksonville in particular, where we just hit our 50th anniversary over the last year or so. And so um, I'm very familiar with them. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's been, you know, really exciting. And then, um, you know, going into from my childhood as, as I grew older, uh, one of the things I learned at an early age is the aviation industry is very hypersensitive to the economy in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically after September 11th, as I mentioned, it took Jacksonville about four years to recover the employment levels that we saw um, just before the, the disaster. And then after the Great Recession, it took us about a decade mm-hmm. to reach those same employment levels. Um, medium hub airports uh, like Jacksonville were, were hit very hard. And so at that time, um, my, my, my dad lost his job, um, you know, through all of the ups and downs of the economy and through the, the aviation industry. And my mom, who worked for Continental at the time, was at the cusp of merging with yeah. uh, United Airlines, of course. And so I knew I wanted to go into aviation, but 
um, I, I wanted something a little bit, you know, more job security. And so <laughs> I, I landed on air traffic control. I thought, what better, uh, what better career to, to be stable than to work for the federal government? And so, um, and in addition to that, you didn't need to stay in college for very long. And I really enjoyed that fast paced environment. And uh, during my last semester studying to become an air traffic controller, uh, I ended up landing a job uh, at the Jacksonville International Airport working uh, as an intern for the Jacksonville Aviation Authority. Um, and uh, I became introduced to, to Chris Stiles, who is now the director of the aviation division for Southwest uh, Florida International at Fort Myers. Mm-hmm. And he really helped me navigate through the uh, internship process. And, and I really wouldn't be where I am today if he didn't make that initial introduction. So um, that's really what brought me into this industry. Well, it's funny, like for as long as you and I have known each other, I didn't realize that you were looking into air traffic control. I mean, was did you actually get to sit up in the tower and go through the paces and such? What's, what's really neat about, uh, you know, the school nowadays when you, so I, I went to the Florida State College at Jacksonville, um, FSCJ, which is a community college turned into a state college. And the program that they had uh, is actually located at Cecil Airport, um, oh, one of the airports yeah. that we have in our network. And so we, we had a lot of hands-on uh, training, you know, and, and collaboration, just being there at the airport. But um, with all the technology uh, enhancements that they have now, um, I got to practice on simulators for both the, um, uh, the tower operations as well as the center and trade con operations, which uh, are more regional, you know, air traffic separation, which is, is remarkably similar to the real thing. As a matter of fact, it's actually even cooler because they can throw in all types of, you know, yeah. scenarios in these simulators. So, um, so uh, towards the end of uh, my tenure and, and, and my education, uh, the FAA changed its hiring process to where you didn't need that two year of education requirement. And the result was uh, an influx of, of people applying to become a, an FAA air traffic controller. So, so, you know, there's probably only, you know, 500 to a thousand controllers that they hire per year. And now the job pool became so, um, you know, so large for them that it just naturally made sense for me to, you know, go to my plan B, plan C career path anyway. So it, it worked out really well for me. I still, lean on a lot of the original, you know, ATC training that I did just from a, um, you know, multitasking perspective. And I, I learned a whole lot and keep in touch with a lot of the, um, you know, people I've met over the years there. But, uh, but uh, I'm, you know, really fortunate to have pivoted to the a career and commercial uh, management team with airports. It's funny, because like, I, I've done, I want to say like, nine maybe 10 of these now uh, the ones to watch here is that is and obviously everyone comes has a relatively different story but i think the one that's not as common is where the one of where you know i grew up in this business or you know what i mean where you have you said your parents were working with carriers so you always were at the airport or you had that interest in there other for the most part it's like it's either i wanted to be a pilot couldn't be a pilot so i you know joined the airport instead, or they came completely from outside the field. That honestly, that just always fascinates me. I don't know if you've kind of encountered that during your time in the industry, speaking with uh, any of your peers. Well, yeah, there's, there's not a whole lot of second generation, you know, in, in airports and, and uh, it's a niche industry. It's a small industry anyway. And, and a lot of us didn't really think we would land exactly here. Um, but uh, what, that, what's been kind of the most exciting part for me too as it's been kind of a family, um, you know, uh, experiences for me is I've got two young children now 
And every once in a while, there's an opportunity to introduce them to either an event or a um, just some type of, you know, we have air shows and things like that. But um, anytime that I can take the kids up to my work, you know, they're, they're um, four years old and, and one year old. Um, I try to do that. I try to take a lot of pictures and video because I don't expect them to follow in the footsteps of, you know, their dad to do aviation. But um, it's, it's really great when that, you know, your professional and personal life kind of intersect in a lot of ways. And so um, it, it's just been a, a really, you know, great experience to, uh, to, you know, bring the family into uh, part of what I do. Coming in, did you realize that just how connected um, everything is to the airport? I mean, no pun intended, but it's kind of, it is really the hub of a city or a region. The, the first time that I really, um, my eyes opened up and I realized how uh, intricate everything was, was um, during my internship, I worked directly under the airport operations team. And so we've got They've got their own airport operations control center, and there's uh, dedicated personnel that focus on land side operations, air side operations. They have their own police department, um, and you get to really see all of the layers of the government entities, all of the stakeholders that um, are not just you know working on aircraft and working on the ramp. It's there's there's a whole you know city within a city in yeah. these terminal buildings, and so um, to to work in the uh, airport operations center. Um, is basically like being in the nucleus of, of the airport system uh, itself. And so um, that, that was really kind of when my you know, eyes opened up and I realized that this is, um, there's a lot more to this than meets the eye. Yeah, I had a uh, similar conversation with Kate Webb of Tampa, and she said the same thing. You know, she's uh, now she's working for people, uh, you know, on all the various departments. And again, it's just one huge, very complicated uh, organism that has to work in concert to just get people on a plane and then had the plane take off and, and it looks simple, but it really isn't, um, which is amazing. So my, my next question for you, Jeff is, you know, what is it about this industry that you find exciting? And I'm going to, I want, I would love for you to focus really on, I guess, your segment of um, the business. Sure. So um, in, in my capacity uh, for me, a- aviation um, and commercial management, the, the business operations, it's really where art meets science and technology mm-hmm. You know, if you get a chance to actually go through a lot of the proposals that receive the business proposals, um, a, a lot of them have developed their very own art programs within the proposals. Um, the I think maybe five, ten years ago, it was a really unique feature for a proposer from an, an operator to to propose some type of um, local sense of place uh, components. And now that's basically the industry standard. Um, every every operator and every proposer has boots on the ground that is really trying to find the identity of whatever city or region that they're in to elevate their proposers so proposals so they can, you know, get into the airport. Um, you know, in addition to that, it's not just the design of spaces, um, the products and merchandise, um, rather than being driven from this, you know, nat- you know, this headquarters that's just putting the name Jacksonville on something, you're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of more local supply chains and uh, local businesses uh, participate in the airport. And when I, when I mentor, um, you know, uh, business owners and entrepreneurs that want to get into the airport, uh, one of the first things I always tell people is that the, the best way and the easiest way to get into the airport and to do business with the airport is to partner with businesses who have already gotten here. Uh, I don't think people quite realize that the airport industry and the airport environment is is one of the hardest uh, hardest markets to get into. It's not just as easy as you know doing a business pitch and then signing a contract. It it, it takes sometimes these opportunities in airports are you know. Uh, years and generations in between 
when you look at the the lease commencement and things like that. And so, you know, in addition to that, and you've discussed this a lot on, on your podcast, um, you're starting to see the technology options. It's, it's, you know, not meant to replace human interaction. It's meant to complement it. And so the, you know, self-ordering, the applications, those are things that you've seen kind of more in the front of house when you start checking in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to check your bags and things like that. And now you're starting to see those in these commercial spaces, um, which has been, uh, from an efficiency standpoint, the passenger amenity standpoint, um, it's really optimized that that experience and, uh, and and made a lot of options convenient for travelers. Um, you know, another thing I, I find just unique and exciting is going back to comments I made earlier. Um, you know, when the airlines went through the Great Recession, they became remarkably efficient in how they operate down to the number of grams and ounces of coffee that they have on board their aircraft. <laughs> and now you're yeah. starting to see that with a lot of the commercial operators, not necessarily from a, you know, from a revenue standpoint, but whether a business is as small as an automated robot or as large as a food hall, uh, you're seeing these operators, you know, having to maximize uh, their leasehold spaces in order to elevate the experiences that they're delivering for their passengers. Um, and so that's been, you know, just within the last few years, um, a remarkable jump in, um, in, in how these, uh, commercial businesses are operating. So, um, at, at airports where, you know, we want to deliver first class experiences. And, um, so I think our passengers are, are demanding more and, and airports and operators, commercial operators are, are doing more to fulfill those experiences. It's funny because like, I know you and I have spoken offline about this, where we get, I'm going back to the earlier part of your answer in terms of like, just how complicated of a space or intricate, not complicated, not just complicated, but a very intricate of a space, you know, our industry is that people are often surprised by that. And, and when they come in, and I've gotten this from many folks who come to the show, the exhibit or they attend and just speaking to people firsthand, it's, it's their minds are blown because it's, it, it's not just, Hey, you have an empty space. Can I just rent it and, or lease it from you and open up shop? And, and no, it's not, it's not that simple. Um, even if it were that simple to get that space, it's not even that simple just to operate in that way. And I get, I, I'm sure you do too, <laughs> probably get the looks when right. you start explaining the, the, the depth of, uh, of intricacy that our space has. In, you know, every, if you look at just a, a space as a blank canvas, I mean, every square foot, it, it could be anywhere between a couple hundred <laughs> to a thousand plus square, you know, uh, dollars per square foot to develop. So every space does have to be, uh, you know, very intentional and, and you know, the, the layout and the storefront design, is, it, it's all very, you know, the details matter. And I think, you know, when you start seeing some of these award-winning concepts, um, there's components in there that I think elevate the bar for everybody. Um, You know, I, I remember a few years ago, we went through a midterm uh, period with one of our operators and the idea of this communal table um, where multiple people could sit down, you know, was introduced and it's kind of against the grain of what you normally think. Most most passengers want to sit by themselves, but you know, again, it, it, it was maybe a one-time feature and now it's become industry standard where you're, you know, uh, passengers are, you know, using this, this area. And when you look at a space optimization, you know, the operators in particular look for how to maximize the layout, how many seats do we need, how much revenue is each seat generating and how can we, you know, um, contain it in a footprint that is going to be most economical and deliver the best experience. I said this in, in various, uh, 
at various shows where I've been asked to speak and I just say, like, I'm going to be biased and just say that like uh, airports really should be like an R and D environment. If you can make it here, then you can make it kind of anywhere, or you can, this is the great place to test it because you get all the restrictions and all the confinements. And then you get the throngs of people who want to come in and that you have to service in some way and then get them through to the next stop. Um, and it, it is, it's not for the faint of heart, but if you can kind of survive it, then you're kind of like uh, been forged through the fires, I guess, to say, okay, well, I can then take this into the college campuses and stadiums or whatever else, because it's just so, uh, so intricate. Listen, I, I, what I'd love, probably love to do, and I'm going to write this down, is probably you and a couple of our friends and I probably will get together and share stories about, uh, I guess, some of the funny conversations we might have with folks who just might not realize how difficult our space is. So my next question, Jeff, for you is just, I, I'd love for you to kind of like discuss a specific event during your tenure that kind of proved to be a point of learning. You know, going into the RFP, that's probably uh, been a, not not necessarily a main point uh, or a, a single point of learning, but every single RFP that we administrate has been a, an incredible opportunity to learn. Going back to my, one of my first RFPs to the most recent one we did, which is, um, you know, with uh, just last year, um, what, what we do in the process we take when we administrate these RFPs, a lot of times you just dust off the last one that you did, but, um, when you go through the research phase and you look at comparable airports and how they've uh, how they've modified their RFPs and and you know going back to the, the the comment the details matter that's certainly true with RFPs you've got proposers who are going to be spending you know thousands or tens of thousands of dollars in in crafting these RFPs to fulfill whatever requirements are identified in the proposers and so you know one of the things that I learned um, the way that we used to uh, solicit these these RFPs. Uh, the graded criteria that uh, I think it sends a big message depending on how you score um, the concepts. And mm-hmm. for us, and you know, one of the things that we used to do is we used to uh, score rent as an extremely high category. You know, what's the financial offer and the financial value to the airport? Um, so that used to be probably the number one category. You know, out of 100 points, it might have been 30 points. Um, and then nowadays, our goals have changed than what they were 10 years ago. Um, we're not looking for what's going to give us the most money. We're looking for what the best concepts are, what's the best design, what's the value. Um, and, and, and the rent is certainly a component of that, but it's, it's not the number one goal. Um, and and that probably holds true for, for most airports. There's, there's multiple goals and objectives that you want to accomplish as a part of your airport program. And so um, specifically, that, that's one thing that, that we've, we've changed. Um, but I'm always looking to talking with other airports and my counterparts at other airports mm-hmm. to just seeing how they administrate their bid process um, so that we can deliver the, the, you know, the best program as possible for Northeast Florida and guests that come to our community. So I'm, I'm going to glom onto the end part of your response there about speaking with your uh your counterparts at other airports. My next question really is going to, I'm going to go to uh, about mentors. I'd love for you to share folks that you've come across uh, during your tenure, or maybe folks there at the airport who provided uh, great opportunities of learning or, and also maybe in comments about the industry as a whole. Um, I, I came in 15 years ago and it was very welcoming and people were really generous with their time when they had it. Um, and definitely, gave me an education. I, I wonder if you feel the same way with that and, and maybe folks who have mentored you. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's hard for me to answer this question cause I've had a lot of mentors, so sure. I'll, I'll probably 
kind of speed run uh, through some of them. But uh, I mentioned, you know, kind of my, my first half of my career, I've been with the Jacksonville Aviation Authority for about eight years now. Uh, the first half of my career is spent in operations. And, um, you know, that's where I learned the fundamentals of, of airport management. Um, I spent a lot of time training and learning uh, under the leadership of Terry DeLugas, who is uh, currently the director of airport operations uh, at Jacksonville. Um, you know, working operations is a very technical position. In a lot of ways, there's no room for error, especially when it comes to the aircraft side. Um, and uh, Terry is, he's like a walking encyclopedia uh, of knowledge and uh, was really the perfect mentor for me um, at that stage of my career. Um, I, I owe a lot uh, to him. And then uh, the second half of, of my career at JAA has been defined by uh, my time in business development uh, and properties. I joined the team in 2015 and uh, began working under the leadership of Paul Garrity, who's the properties and business development manager for the authority. Um, and if you've ever met Paul, mm -hmm. uh, which I know you have, he's kind of like a younger version of the most interesting man in the world. Um, <laughs> yes, he, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, back in like 2005, he uh, worked the disaster um, after Hurricane Katrina. He worked in Pensacola at the time, but he was sent up to uh, New Orleans to assist with the disaster, slept under Jeff Bridges um, for the hurricane relief. And uh, he's since then, he's worked for flight schools and airlines and consulting firms and and just you name it. Um, and other than our legal officer, he's probably touched more contracts across our four airport system than, than anyone ever has. And so he has wow. just been a wealth of knowledge for me. Um, and then uh, also at the authority, um, our director, his name is Jake Cunio. He, uh, he has 25 years of experience um, in real estate architect and construction. He's our director of business development. Um, he makes negotiating look really easy and, uh, <laughs> he's kind of like a, he's also kind of like a Swiss army knife when it comes to knowledge and expertise. And then, you know, lastly, a mentor to me, not really a traditional mentor. And, and I, I swear, I'm not trying to get like brownie points out of this, but, uh, my wife, Laura is somebody that I, um, I learn a lot from all the time. We have, um, similar backgrounds in business and hospitality. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, when it comes to personal and professional scenarios, I, I lean on her knowledge a lot. Um, and she's remarkably smart. You know, she was, when she was younger, she was awarded uh, valid Victorian and I can't even spell that word. Uh, so, um, I, I, you know, well, you could ask her how to spell it by the way. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So I, I, I lean and learn a lot from her wisdom and experience as well. Um, one thing I've learned is with mentorships is it's not something that just really starts and ends, you know, you've mm -hmm. got, mentors that are for a certain period of times in your career and you just have mentors that you know stay with you and so it's something that i uh totally you know embrace as much as i can now you're still a young man but are you finding that you are paying it forward in some ways by mentoring those maybe who are coming into the system and again it's not um i guess when people assume mentor mentee it's usually an older person and a younger person and it's not always the case because you can impact someone's life regardless of age, is really about experience, right? So do you find yourself also paying it forward with all the eight years that you've been there? I do. And, and I think uh, starting as an intern has certainly helped me because I, you know, it's very easy for me to recognize that uh, the, the young person I'm talking to may not recognize all of the acronyms that we're spitting out, you know, and um, but uh, every single year we get a new uh, group of, of interns through our program. And so as much as I can, with facilitating airport tours and giving them my perspective as 
um, you know, being on our commercial management team and business development. Um, I try to do presentations as much as I can. And in our business development team, we're, you know, we typically get every year, or every other year. And what I try to, to give them is not just, you know, a shadowing experience, mm-hmm. but I, I really try to um, assign uh, interns as many projects as we can that they can complete from start to finish. That way, whether they stay with the, you know, Jacksonville aviation system or whether they move on to something else, they've got, you know, real world experiences that, you know, they put their fingerprints on something that, you know, we're going to benefit from. And so, um, I, I don't want them just to, you know, learn from us. I want, I want them to be able to, um, take something with them. And so, um, that's, you know, one of the ways I, I try to help, you know, pay it forward. It's, it's, something that um, I think as experienced professionals, we really owe it to the next generation to try to, you know, uh, give our knowledge and, and um, it's going to benefit us because there's been so many interns in our organization that uh, like myself and, and, and others that have continued to stay with us and that have continued to contribute to uh, the Jacksonville Aviation Authority. So on the heels of that, Jeff, you mentioned, obviously you came in as an intern um, which is great. Uh, I know a lot of other airports have pretty robust and healthy um, internship programs. And I, I'll harken back to one of the questions I used to always ask folks when, when I started this series was, you know, how'd you find it here? You came out of school, you don't know about it, et cetera. Um, and of course, there's the silver wave. So there's all these things that are coming together now. Do you find like there's a pretty, I don't want to say healthy pool or pipeline, but like good interest in terms of like seeing the airport as uh, an industry to have a viable career in outside of being a pilot or something working for a carrier? Yeah, I think the most important thing we we have done and we'll, I think we can do a better job in it as well, but I think bridging the gap from that uh, entry level to, you know, basically being able to articulate uh, to people that are looking for jobs, Mm -hmm. uh, the opportunities for growth. You know, we've got over 300 employees that work for the JAA and um, there's probably over, I believe over 8,000 employees uh, that work uh, just in Jacksonville International and the surrounding area to support our airport system. But, um, you know, I I think the more we do these uh, getting opportunities, whether it's internship or entry level jobs or, you know, skills trades, uh, to not only high school students, but to college students. Um, you know, I never intended on working for the airport. I was going to work, become an air traffic controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, the more we can, uh, be advocates for our own industry to, uh, young professionals, uh, the better. And, and I think another thing that, uh, as an industry we can do better in, in attracting a younger, newer workforce is, um, you know, there's a lot of really great benefits to working for, uh, for the airport system that we, we are in. And as a public entity, there's a lot of benefits as well. And so being able to get that message across, you know, just at JAA, for example, um, I had the benefit of, uh, being a, um, participating in through our tuition reimbursement program. And so I was able to not only work full time, but go to school part time and full time to continue growing without having to take all the student loans. And if, if younger people knew about those types of opportunities, mm-hmm. exactly. I think that it would attract, uh, you know, more talent into this industry. So uh, I think we've done a great job, but I, I think we've got a, a long way to go. My next couple of questions are kind of related in some ways. and I'll choose one because they kind of work, uh, they complement each other. You know, would love for you to share maybe a proud moment during your tenure there at the JAA. Kind of following up to the tuition reimbursement program, uh, about two years ago, 
um, I had uh, uh, the great honor of, of walking on the grad, my graduation ceremony for my MBA. I uh, had completed at Embry Riddle, so I was in Daytona and and got a chance to walk. And you know, in the back of my head, I started my career as you know, I only wanted to do a two-year degree because it was required to get the job that I wanted. And so to go from that kind of mentality to, you know, now I'm completing not just my undergrad, but I, I was completing my graduate degree uh, was just really special. Um, you know, when I when I started college, I actually declared as an engineering major and uh, my GPA absolutely plummeted. And so I just decided <laughs> I, I'm done with college, but, you know, I just want to go in the workforce. And so to, to get from, you know, point A to point B, um, was, was really neat. And, and what made it really special was, um, I got to walk in front of my parents, um, uh, my in-laws, um, who've been incredibly supportive and, uh, my, my wife was there and, and my son and my wife was pregnant with my daughter. So it was kind of like, I was embraced by, by my entire family who had supported me. And, um, the fact that I wouldn't be there had it not been for the generous, um, tuition reimbursement program, mm-hmm. uh, from the organization was just, you know, really, um, just a really surreal and really wholesome and fulfilling moment uh, for me in my career. Excellent. And the next question is, what is the favorite part of your job? And and it's great because I think a lot of people, I'm going to ask you not to, to kind of try to steer away from this, is it's, you know, no one day is the same. It's always something different. But what is what is a favorite part of your job? Um, this is going to sound probably equally cheesy, but my favorite <laughs> part is uh, it, it's got to be the people here yeah. and um, you know, I've been at this point, I've been promoted about four times. And so I've worked with different teams all across our organization. And, um, you know, from from the internship side, I worked in operations on air side. I worked with our facilities tax and, and uh, a lot of you know government agencies, um, business development. You work with everybody, every stakeholder uh, across the system. And um, I just had the privilege of working with so many incredible people in this community. At at an industry level, one of the things that I found uh, in working in the public sector or quasi-public sector is, um, you know, in a lot of ways, we almost negotiate with with an open hand um, because everything is subject to public record. So I know what, you know, what my counterparts at other areas are doing in terms of what the negotiated business terms are. And what that's done is it's developed this culture within the community of just helping everybody out because we all want the same thing. If, if Tampa and Minneapolis and New Orleans had this elevated concession program, you know, it doesn't compete directly with Jacksonville. As a matter of fact, it elevates us because mm-hmm. now we've, now the goalpost has moved and we're all getting better at it. You know, our passengers are, you know, telling us what they want. Um, and the airports and operators continue to get more efficient and, and better. And so um, I, I just love that if I'm ever in a challenging situation, I can pick up the phone and talk to my network of, of, uh, of friends and colleagues across the continent who have probably done exactly what I've done. And so um, it, it, that's probably just generally speaking, the, the people are, are my favorite part. But um, being a part of this tight knit community. Uh, in uh, in the aviation industry has just been um, incredibly rewarding. So, Jeff, my last question for you, you know, would love for you to share an event or thing, uh, personal or professional within this industry, you know, that you are looking forward to. Is this where I'm supposed to plug the airport experience conference coming to Denver? You Colorado can, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I am looking forward to that, by the way. Um, but, uh, you know, I... I, I Probably, you know, one of my favorite moments is mentoring younger people. Um, I love being able to give back to um, not only, 
young professionals, but explaining to people, this is how you do business with a public entity, because so much of what we do, um, you know, is similar to other city agencies who also go through bid proposals. And, um, you know, in Jacksonville specifically, one thing I'm looking forward to is we've experienced about 28% growth from 2017 to 2019. In that two-year period, uh, we've had um, consecutive growth since October of 2017. So that's, you know, as we're recording this, about 28 months of consecutive growth. And so what that means for us is we're going to be expanding, having more offerings, um, you know, being able to modernize a lot of our uh, existing program to introduce more local concepts. And so mm-hmm. um, it's just a really exciting time, not only in the industry, but but in Jacksonville and in Northeast Florida. Um, you know, you, you hear the word uh, airports are gateways into the community. And that's just, that's absolutely true. And I'm looking forward to, you know, in my role and my capacity, being able to elevate that for people coming and going into Jacksonville. So is it safe to say that older Jeff would, could go back in time and talk to younger Jeff and tell him, this is going to be all right. You're going to really love this industry. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, it's, when you look back, there's, there is, you know, kind of a lot of ups and downs. I remember when I, when I completed my internship um, with the, with the organization, I thought, Oh no, what am I going to do now? Because <laughs> I, you know, there, it, it can be difficult to find entry level full-time jobs uh, for a lot of these positions that require either a degree or a skill or both. And so, um, so I, I remember going to the, the job page every single day looking for an opportunity. If, I mean, if I could go back in, uh, in time or if I could give advice to younger people who are looking to get into this industry, I, I would just encourage them to not lose their passion and their interest. And, uh, you know, because one of the things that I noticed is as people become more complacent and um, it's, mm-hmm. you know, you try to fight whatever pessimism you get from, you know, maybe not going exactly how you want. Um, you just start to lose sight of what's important. And when I see that, um, that interest and that passion and that um, excitement in, in younger people and, and people that just love what they do, that really catches my attention. And I think that's something that people need to, um, you know, kind of keep as long as they can. Well, Jeff, this has been great. And once again, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Hey, thanks, Ramon. And uh, I know you've got a few episodes to go, but in the next month or two, you're going to be um, reaching an important milestone with a uh, hundred yes. episodes. So, so let me be the first to congratulate you on that uh, really big milestone. That's uh, that's significant. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Ramon. 